All right, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Garage. This is your Uncle Jimmy, sitting behind the microphone and barking obscenities into it and calling it a podcast for automotive technicians that we refer to as Grease the Wheels. Folks, it's an attitude. It's also an attitude repair tool. If you grease the wheels, your attitude will be repaired one way or the other. If it's good, it could make it worse. If it's bad, it could make it better. Hey, I want to just say thank you for what you do. Um, If you're out there fixing stuff, I don't even care what kind of shit you're fixing. If you're uh, out there repairing anything at all, really, quite frankly, uh, you're my hero. And I appreciate what you do. And I want you to keep it up. You keep the planet moving. You keep the planet warm. You keep the planet cool. You keep the planet lit. You keep the planet going. Okay, The planet's going to spin either way. But you know what? With you on it, helping other people uh, survive and thrive. It's a much nicer place, okay? So thanks for what you do. Kudos to you, my friends. All right. The subject of today's podcast, boys and girls, is going to be about a particular person who we have to work with and who never appears to be working, and that is uh, your service manager. Now, every shop I've ever been in has had some sort of service manager, whether it's an owner slash manager or a service manager or a service director or a fixed ops manager or some horseshit like that. And uh, I feel like the need to take them to task because uh, I have had uh, numerous service managers over the course of my career. And I should say careers because I had a career in one path uh, through the automotive industry and then switched over, jumped across the track, went over to the dark side, folks, and uh, became a technician and have had different interactions with service managers and most of the time, and not good. Most of the time I have, I want to say this, I want to get this out of the way really quick before I I start tearing service managers a new asshole. I've had some good ones. I've had some really good ones. As a matter of fact, I've had some that were on top of everything and who were generous and smart and fair and kind and business minded and were just a joy to work with. But I have found in my experience that this is a very rare sort of a circumstance. So uh, what I want to say before I go into this uh, somewhat angry diatribe on uh, about service managers, what I would like to say is if you have a good service manager or you have a service manager who has the potential, the honest to God potential to be good and is making an effort to be good at what he does, I want you to embrace him, not physically. I mean, you can if you want physically, but I want you to embrace him and and possibly help him if you can and Make him see that what he does is good and some of the things that maybe he doesn't do aren't good uh, and maybe he can uh, change change the way he does what he does and become even better. But I got to tell you, honestly, uh, from my, my point of view, looking backwards with 2020 hindsight, uh, I find that service managers uh, typically, uh, let me just say it out loud, they, they kind of aren't worth a fuck a lot of times. They aren't, they aren't worth a shit, really. I mean, throw them on a scrap heap and find some other fucking immature and uh, self-important asshole and put him in that chair, and uh, you got the same thing going on. Exactly. But uh, if you have a good one, definitely uh, give him kudos. Uh, let him know that you appreciate what he does. And, uh, you know, if he's got some sort of thing that he's not so good at, maybe you might want to help him. Or uh, maybe you might want to, you know, just inform him, say, listen, you need to fucking handle this situation or whatever. Um, you can do whatever you want to do. You can even just, you know, if you've got a, a service manager who's not performing up to snuff and, you, you know, maybe you've had it with the place. Fucking grease the wheels. What the hell? That's what we're all about here at Grease the Wheels. Greasing the wheels. Forgetting the fuck out is basically what it's all about. And uh, if you have to, eh, 
you know. And I have left, I, I want to just say this before I get started too, I have left jobs because of the service manager. But what I did was, because I want to illustrate one of the problems that service managers have, and, and I wanted to go into, and I found this absolutely fucking awesome job description for service managers online. And I wanted to go through it kind of item by item to, to, to give you an idea of what a service manager should do, and then illustrate what they do do, and then <laughs> do do. Did you just say that out loud? Yes, I did. Well, and and that's actually one of the things that uh, automotive service managers actually do is do do. Sorry. <laughs> and then I also want to uh, illustrate some of the things that they should do, uh, some of the things that they do, and some of the things that they should not fucking do, okay? Some of the things they should not fucking do. Now, one of the things I want to say about service managers is that it is actually a tough job. I don't want to make it sound like any any jerk off in the world could just roll in and be a service manager. It honestly does appear that way often. I I, I can't deny that. I, I have seen service managers who do so fucking little. It's like, look, whenever you need them, you have to wake the fucker up. You know, seriously, I've seen that. Um, but as being a service manager, it, it just is basically a great big wheelbarrow full of responsibility. And you, as a service manager, are a great, big, enormous fucking lightning rod for complaints. Seriously. And the, the shitty part about it, because the lightning rod takes energy through the top and disperses it through the bottom, whereas the uh, service manager as a lightning rod takes energy from both fucking ends and disperses it nowhere except maybe his wife or his dog. It, you're just, you're just a, a big... It really should just say head of head of complaint department is what it should say, okay? Because if if you're a service manager, what do you hear all day long? What what are, what are the things that are said to you? They are all in the form of complaints. It's kind of like Jeopardy, where it has to be in the form of a question. Well, everything that everybody says to you as a service manager has to be in the form of a complaint, okay? Because nobody's going to come up to you and say, "Hey, you know that problem that you took care of for me? Thank you." Nobody ever fucking says that. I know that. I, I'm not, I've never even been a service manager. I already know that nobody does that. Nobody ever comes up to you after you solve a problem and says, hey, thanks for solving that problem. Maybe occasionally somebody will say, thanks for taking care of that for me. But, but it's rare. Usually they just come over and they say, stop doing what you're doing. And then later on, after you've stopped doing what you're doing that they didn't like, they come over and say, thanks for stopping. Thanks for stop doing. Thanks for not doing that anymore. I can't even fucking say it because it doesn't happen. That's the thing. It doesn't happen. People don't come over to you and say, hey, thanks for stop being so fucking obnoxious, Uncle Jimmy. Hey, you're welcome. I didn't really do anything, but you're welcome. As a service manager, you think about where where the complaints come from and where they go to, okay? You're a technician and you have a problem in the shop and it could be literally any problem from your oil drain is full and you don't want to empty it or the oil tank that you put it into is full or the guy next to you is is whistling the theme uh, the theme song for McDonald's and it's driving you crazy and you want to murder him with a fucking blunt tool or uh, perhaps maybe the shop's just dirty or perhaps the parts department isn't doing their job right or you know any one of, of really literally and I mean this literally a million fucking things that technicians can complain about because ladies and gentlemen if you're an automotive technician you are really pretty much a fucking serial complainer you are. I am. I know we, we all are. We All we do is just complain. We're complainers. And really, uh, quite frankly, we need to turn it down a little bit. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's a personal choice you, you have to make. I try to do that. I, I try. I, I try not to complain too much. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work. 
Sometimes it does work. Sometimes I just eat shit and don't say anything about stuff that happens. Other times I got to pipe up, you know. Um, but you got to pick your battles because, uh, and, uh, and I have to give a shout out to a friend of mine who just left our place and uh, went to work somewhere else. And I, I swear to God, every sentence out of his mouth was in the form of a complaint. And, uh, you know, for me, it's fine because I'm not in charge and there's really nothing I can do about it. And uh, a lot of times I did actually agree with him, but he was so vocal about it that after a while it became white noise. And the service manager, when he when he dropped his two weeks on his service manager, service manager was just like, okay, thanks a lot. You know, really seriously, it was, it was one of those deals. And, and it's not to diminish anybody's role in, in any of that, you know. It's just that, look, uh, complaining – it's just one of those things that human beings do, and uh, if we kept it to a minimum, oh, we would all probably be a little happier. When you're a service manager, you are the trap in the drain of complaints. Every drain, every complaint that gets uh, washed down a drain by somebody else, whether it's a tech or a general manager or an owner or you know the sales department or the used car department or the parts department, every complaint, every fucking complaint gets stuck in the trap and you are the trap. You are where it goes. And somebody, everybody expects you to do something about it. And after a while, you know what? You just say, you know what? Fuck them all, really, basically. Uh, no, I'm serious. As a service manager, all you do is field complaints. That's it. That's all you do. Customers, especially, you know, because you got service advisors and they, you know, they try to help customers and sometimes customers are unreasonable and sometimes service advisors are unreasonable. And when you put that together, it's unreasonable squared. And then the service manager has to get involved. And and really, I would say as a service manager, about the last thing that you want to do is have to deal with a customer. So if you have service advisors that don't deal with customer problems very well and they all end up in your office or in your face, a lot of cases, then you need to find different service advisors. I mean, that's pretty simple. That just seems like a pretty simple uh, thing. You know, I mean, it's like, look, if you can't handle the customers, you need to fucking go. You'd be anything else, but be don't be in customer service because you're no good at it. That's really pretty much the number one job, too, is uh, having to deal with uh, customer concerns, customer problems. And uh, uh, I, I honestly believe that in the last 30 or 40 years, and and you know somebody can call me up and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. But in the last thirty or forty years or so, it has gotten worse. It has gotten worse. Every every customer is entitled. Every customer says I'll never come back here again. Every customer says they'll tell their friends not to come here. And it's like, well, you know, you tell all two of them not to come here. I'm, I'm fine with that. If, if they are like you and they like you or they know you and they're your friend and they will admit to being your friend, then maybe I don't want them as a fucking customer, asshole. So uh, you know. On the way out, just make sure the door doesn't hit you in the ass, dick. You know, because obviously Uncle Jimmy would make a horrible service manager. No, he would. He knows it. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have a very high tolerance for people's bullshit. You know, if somebody comes in and has a legitimate complaint, I could probably work with them. But uh, I got to be honest with you. I think that happens only. I think it happens a lot less than fifty percent of the time. I think that uh, a good. 25% of the time, a customer's complaint is legitimate, and, and you always are always going to feel good about helping a customer with a legitimate complaint, but it just doesn't happen. There, there's 75% there's of the complaints out there that a service manager has to deal with are just absolutely fucking ridiculous bullshit. Uh, I, I can give you a really recent example. There's a, a piece of trim that lives in a in a car, in a type of a car that we sell, that is always, and I, I want to emphasize this with a capital A, always broken. 
I mean, and I made the comment that they're broken on PDI. They're, they come from the factory that way. And so when we did some sort of repair to it, which was in the neighborhood, but didn't involve touching it or removing it at all, we allegedly cracked that piece of trim. Well, guess what? No, we fucking didn't. Okay, just just didn't happen, and uh, the customer insists that we replace it, and we insisted that they were fucked, and they're not getting another one from us. Number one, it's expensive, and number two, it's going to break in another six months, and then you're going to be right back in the same fucking boat. Um, I'm telling you, I haven't seen one of these cars ever where this one particular piece of trim didn't have a crack in it. I have never, I, I, I mean, and I PDI these things new. I don't remember. I think they probably did come from the factory crack because it just they just did that. That was what they did. It was just the way it was, you know, I mean, maybe the engineers made it that way. I don't know. Maybe that was, maybe it was an option. Crack trim pieces, you know, option 7410 W1. I don't know. You know, this is the kind of shit you have to deal with. And it's obvious. I mean, it's obvious to everyone who's ever seen one of these cars, whoever's ever worked on one of these cars, who's ever known anything about these cars, knows that that trim piece is always fucking cracked. And yet this customer's like, ah, you guys broke it. No. No, in fact, it probably broke uh, sometime around 2006, you know, 14 fucking years ago, honey. And take your broken trim old ass fucking car and get the fuck out of my face. See, here again, not a good service manager, not a good candidate for service manager. But you know what? I know that, okay? Now, I was talking about the job description, and uh, I, I want you to, t- to think about this from not just from your point of view. And, and as an automotive technician, I understand that it's very difficult to think about people in, in what they have to deal with and what they have to do when they are have this absolute complete disregard for you and your opinions and what you have to do. You have the tough job. You as the technician have the tough job. But there's other people whose jobs should be or could be and maybe are just as tough. So here's the service manager's, the summary of a service manager's job description. This is just a summary. And then the the points are listed below it. And I want to go through them. I want to go through them and just kind of make comments on them as only your uncle Jimmy can. Okay. Automotive service manager summary runs an efficient and profitable service department through productive staffing, customer retention, cost controls, achievement of objectives, and maintenance of all service records. The next sentence goes, ensures that daily inventory of technicians' time is consistently sold to service customers. Oh, man. That's just a fucking minefield, boys and girls. Let's start right at the beginning. Runs an efficient and profitable service department. How much, how in charge of that are they? Yes, they can be completely and 100% in charge of that. How a service department runs efficiently? Well, how does a service department run efficiently? What do you have to do to make a service department run efficiently? You have to make sure that everybody is, wait for it, working. Sounds simple, right? Oh, yeah. You show up to work and you do work. But I got to tell you where I'm at right now, work getting done. I mean, I can stand in the middle of my shop really literally at any time during the day and look around and see absolutely fucking nothing getting done. Productive staffing, okay? So the service manager is in charge of hiring technicians. Now, would it be, let me just let me just whisper this to you because this seems to be a secret everywhere I go. Would it be a good idea for a service manager to be a former technician who knows things about cars? <sighs> Shh, boys and girls, it would be. It would be. But how many times do you have a service manager who is some sort of, I don't know, friend of the owner's? Or uh, some some guy off the street, maybe. I mean, he just 
it, was he a technician? No. Cross-threads the cap on his toothpaste in the morning. He couldn't screw together a, 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 a fucking plate frame, you know? So for him to be the guy who hires technicians is, well, there's a word. It's at the end of the dictionary. It's under the W's. It's called wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong for the service manager to hire a technician if he's not a technician or if he never was a technician or if he has no idea what a good technician looks like, sounds like, talks like, and has on his resume. But yet there they are. They're out there fucking hiring people. And I had, I've, I've documented this a thousand times before. I had a service manager one time whose criteria for hiring people seemed to be that they had the same last name as somebody else who worked there. For some reason, that just ensured success in his mind, which was wrong, wrong. He's got, and you know what? You know what's fucked up? This is what's fucked up. He hired, this particular service manager I'm speaking about hired a couple of individuals who had, uh, let's be kind today, okay, and say dubious skills, okay? Let's not call them fucking worthless retards. Um, although I just did, sorry. Uh, we'll try to be kind in the future uh, in the, during this podcast, but for right now, they are worthless retards, and this particular service manager retired uh, four or five years ago, maybe. Uh, so he's gone. He's home doing nothing uh, uh, professionally uh, still. Uh but the two individuals he hired are still there. They're still there. And that brings up something that I want to talk about. I just want to touch on this really quickly. Okay. I'm going to say this out loud. Why is it that when a technician gets hired and he's borderline worthless, they never leave. They never leave. They never move on. They never do anything else. They never go work somewhere else. They never leave. You if you're going to get rid of someone who's borderline worthless or possibly completely worthless, you have to go in and fire them. They will never, ever, ever fucking quit. The people who quit are the ones you wish would stay. Rarely it happens, but rarely does a technician leave and everybody in a building is fucking glad that he did. It doesn't usually work that way. If a technician leaves on his own accord and goes somewhere else to work, a lot of times that is a person that that shop either should have kept, should have tried to keep, wish they had kept other individuals in that shop, wish was still there. It seems, to, and obviously it's too general of a statement to be true in all cases. I get that. But it, it seems to me to be that way because we have guys and everywhere I've worked, we have guys that work there that probably shouldn't and they are never ever going to fucking quit or leave. I mean, really, literally, the only way they're ever going to leave is if they die. And and some of them are so stupid that, um, and I, I'm, I, <laughs> some of them are so stupid that, that one day they will do something so incredibly dumb that they actually do kill themselves. And, uh, but this is, this is really, really rare because God favors the stupid, I think. I don't know. So productive staffing, that's a big point. Okay. Customer retention. You know, I got, I got a theory on this, okay? Uh, customer retention, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm living in the, I can't even say it. Uh, I'm living in the United States, okay? There's th- roughly 300 million people here. There's also roughly 300 million cars, okay? If you lose one or two customers, you're not gonna notice it, okay? Especially if you're, if you're really doing the job right. Because as technicians, you and I both know that we can work as diligently as possible. We can work as intelligently as possible and we can do the right thing every time, 
all the time, every day, and yet shit is still going to go sideways. It's a Murphy's Law thing, okay? I don't give a fuck how good a machine is or how good a technician is. Every once in a while, shit fucks up, okay? And for me, it seems to be happening quite a bit lately, and uh, I need to, I don't know, rededicate myself to the job because I have fucked up some shit lately. And, and I'm, you know, because I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, just ask anyone who knows me, it happens. And sometimes if, if it happens and it, and it causes the customer a problem, they may decide not to come back. And they may or may not be vocal about it. They may say, oh, this place sucks. I can't believe you fucked my car up. I'm going to leave. I'm never coming back. I'm going to tell all my friends. And you're like, hey, sorry, see you later. Well, I guess not, maybe, right? Sometimes they just leave. They say, okay, uh, thanks for what you do. And uh, they pay you. And then they leave it. They don't come back because, obviously, if you fuck their car up somehow or another and cause them uh, you know, a severe problem, or maybe not a severe problem, but you just cause them a, a, a small problem, they're not going to come back. I get that. Okay, so customer retention, I don't, I got to be honest with you, I don't think that that's as important as some people make it. They're like, oh, every customer has to be satisfied. Fuck that. Really, seriously, because some customers cannot be satisfied. And some, so obviously, some customers get it. They know, they know, they know what they want. They know what they're going to get. It, it's not a surprise. But then there's other customers who just want everything and they want their ass kissed and they want their bottom wiped and they want their nose blown for them. And, and you know, who, who knows what else they want? It's like, look, you get a guy like that, you get a customer like that, send him on his way and tell him, hey, you know what? Don't come back. There's enough customers out there with broken shit. And, and, and the thing is too, is that good technicians are really fucking hard to come by. I say it all the time. I say it probably every goddamn episode. Good technicians are hard to come by. They're not out there. They're scarce. There's a shortage. And if you do good work and it goes sideways, you have to just kind of fucking, you know, grab yourself by the bootstraps, pull yourself up, you know, dust yourself off and, and vow not to make that mistake again. It's the best you can do. You're human. You're fucking human. You're not perfect. And I have to do that. When I, I do, I feel really, honestly, really bad if I fuck something up. I feel really bad. And I know that the company has insurance for these sorts of things. So I don't, it's not a monetary thing. It's just a, can this guy be trusted? And, he, and is he responsible for what he does? Well, yes, he's responsible for what he does. Can he be trusted? Well, apparently not so much. Okay, and then I have to re-earn that trust all over again, and I don't really like that too much. I think I've earned a lot of trust, but recently I've uh, I've failed, so I need to rededicate myself. But I didn't lose. I don't believe I lost a customer. Uh, I just cost my company money, which is sort of the same thing in my eyes. Okay, cost controls. That's another part of that. You know, I mean, if uh, if I'm breaking shit right and left, which I was. Uh, it's not funny, asshole. <laughs> if I, but if I'm breaking shit right and left, and uh, and the costs get out of hand, and they did because I don't work on cheap stuff, then then that's part of cost controls too. If you got a technician you hired, and he was not a productive member of the staffing, and he's making customers go away and stay away, and he's breaking shit, which is costing you money, then you know obviously as a service manager, you have to step in and say you. You need to go. But they're not going to do that. They almost never do that. They realize in the back of their mind, without saying it out loud to anybody, especially you, that guess what? There's a shortage of technicians. So I've got 10, and two of them are basically uh, idiots. Um, am I going to fire them? Oh, no, I need idiots. I need low paid, you know, I can't trust them with, a, with anything, kind of uh, morons to work and do the simple, 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 easy stuff and maybe take the trash out or the tires or whatever. You're not going to get rid of that person no matter how much he costs you because you're not going to add it up on a piece of paper. You're not going to put in there, well, here's how much you've cost me over the five years you've worked here and it's more than we've paid you. Really, we're in the hole. 
you know, and it, it, and you laugh, and maybe you think it's not true, but it, there's probably some technicians out there who actually have cost their company more money than they've earned for the company. I, I, and I believe that that's true. I, hopefully not in a lot of cases, but okay. So let's move on because this, this is still a first sentence. This is the first sentence of the Automotive Service Manager Summary. Achievement of objectives. Now, wait a fucking minute. Achievement of what objectives? Now, I've worked in a lot of different places. And, and uh, you know, I work on the same brand of cars in most of those places. But I've never had objectives. I've never had goals. I've never had uh, production uh, goals or any kind of standards set for me. I haven't had anybody ever say, well, we want you to turn X amount of hours. We want you to make X amount of dollars. We want you to work on X amount of cars. Never, ever, ever fucking had that. And I think, personally, if you ask me, that's important. That's important. You need to know what the benchmark is, okay? You know, if uh, if you have, let's say they want you to work on uh, 50 cars uh, a week, okay? Five-day week, that's 10 cars a day. It's kind of hard to do unless you're just doing regular maintenances, which, honestly, if you were doing just regular maintenances, you could do that really easy, I think. And if the guy gets to 49, you can say, well, you came up one short, but you know what? Uh, the goal was that you're going to get, you know, and I mean, uh, achievement of objectives and goals, it should be met with some sort of reward, uh, I would I would think anyway, because that's how goals work. You know, if you have a goal, then there's something earned there. And, and if it's just nothing, uh, then really a goal is worthless and, and don't even bother setting one. And then that's what's going on. That's really, there really is what's going on in all the shops I've ever worked in. There's no goals. There's no objectives objective there's no reason for even showing up there's no motivation nothing and as a service manager honestly it's your job to provide that somehow or another okay now i believe that if you set down goal and and the goals the goals could be anywhere from just fucking showing up on time which sounds ridiculous but seems to be a fucking enormous problem these days but having something to shoot for even for an old guy like me is something i need i really need i i set my own personal goals because i've been around long enough to know nobody's going to set a goal for me nobody's going to say to me oh you know you need to turn this many hours or you need to do this because no i just i know i got to turn x amount of hours i have in my head an amount of hours that if i get to that amount of hours i'll be satisfied with what i did for that pay period or for that week or for that two-week period whatever it is for you but if you don't have any any sorts of these objectives or goals then you're just aimless and that's i believe is is like the worst thing you can do to uh to a technician or anybody else for that matter in any job is to have no no objective no goals no no reason to, to you know nothing to grab for no uh no carrot out in front of the horse none of that you have none of that so you have to place some sort of uh objectives some sort of goals and then offer the ability give them the skills and the opportunity to achieve those and then reward them once they do and i'm not you know it doesn't have to be it doesn't even have to be money. It could be lunch. Just, you know, I mean, lunch. Holy shit. Don't even get me fucking started on that one. But it could be anything. It could be, you know, a day off or maybe an extra day off or maybe an extra hour added to or taken away from a uh, a work week. You know, just say if you want to go home Friday at four o'clock, get work on, give me 50 hours. Maybe that's the, maybe that's a goal. You know, just say if you get to three o'clock on Friday and you've got 50 hours for the week, you can go home. Boom. Some people would fucking love that. Some people would think that that's fucking the most awesome thing in the world. But if you don't have 50 hours, you got to, uh, by three o'clock on Friday, you got to work till five. And then if you don't have 50 hours, then you got to come in Saturday. 
you know, because goals work both ways. You don't make the goal, you don't get the fucking, uh, you don't get to reap the reward. So I think the achievement of objectives should probably be the first thing in that sentence that they talk about. But of course, because we're talking about a business here, it's got to be efficient and profitable first. No, I think that that's a byproduct of, of achievement of objectives. Okay. Now, Maintenance of all service records, I, I don't see the service manager doing that, okay? They're not involved with that at all. They're not involved with that at all. It's all taken care of by the IT department or by some girl who sits there and pulls staples out of ROs and scans them or the technicians or the service advisors. I don't really believe that the service manager has anything to do with that. That's kind of stupid, really. Now, the next sentence was, ensures that the daily inventory of technicians' time is consistently sold to service customers. Uh, yeah, well, now, how does that work? Making sure that the technician's time is consistently sold. Well, you're in business and you're selling labor, which, by the way, your technicians create out of thin air. Just to remind you, okay, so you're selling service to people. Are they fucking paying for it? Is your service advisor selling them the service? Is the service sold? Is the service getting done? Then if both of those are true, then I want the fucking money. So consistently sold to the service customers. And and you think to yourself, well, yeah, Uncle Jimmy, that seems like a foregone conclusion. And I would agree. I would agree. If people come in, drop their car off, they get something done to it, they got to fucking pay. It's it's almost a no-brainer. You don't have to think about that. But guess what? If you forget to pay the technician, oh, it's going to make the technician angry, isn't it? Yes, it is. I can tell you from fucking past experience and not very long in the past either that if you forget to pay the technician after a while he's going to figure it out and then he's going to get irritated and if you don't fix the fucking problem he's going to continue to get irritated and eventually he's going to wait for it grease the wheels because if you can't if you could do everything else but you forget to pay the technician for the time he put in creating that fucking labor that you're selling you forget to pay him you're going to have a very very big fucking problem on your hand and if you shrug your shoulders as a service manager at the technician who's telling you this and say oh there's nothing i can do about it guess what you're going to be outside looking in it's not going to fucking work hey if you can't pay the technicians for the work that they do if you can't do that then you're going to have to talk to a state labor board. You're going to have to talk to a general manager. You're going to have to talk to probably HR if there's any of that shit going on. You're going to have to talk to somebody else because eventually, if the problem doesn't get fixed, let's just say you have five technicians in your shop. You're the service manager. One of them comes up and says, hey, you know, my pay has been coming up short. Uh, this RO didn't get paid. I didn't get paid for time on this RO. I didn't get paid for time on this RO. And the other five go, yeah, we didn't get paid either. And you just go, oh, well, we made a mistake. Sorry. And then it happens again the next week. And then it happens again the next week. You, my friend, as a service manager, might want to update your resume because somebody is going to complain to somebody else who will do something about it. And then they'll put you out the fucking door. They'll put you out the door. Because if you're not going to handle that, then all five of those technicians will probably find some place that can handle that. And then you're not going to have technicians. Okay? You're not going to have good technicians. You're going to have to go out and hire the, the fucking bottom of the barrel because there's nobody out there. Okay? Everybody out there is pretty much bottom of the barrel. If you get your hands on a technician who's any good at what he does and you don't treat him right, and believe me, they're not getting treated right, I could tell you from experience, if you don't treat them right, then they will move on. They already did once, right? Because they came to you with experience and training. They came to you from another shop. There's absolutely no 
fucking reason at all on earth why they can't go to a whole nother shop. Lots of technicians have worked at two, three, four shops. Some are better than others. All of them have problems. But the service manager paying you for the time that you put in fixing the car should not be one of the fucking problems. So ensuring that the daily inventory of technicians' time is consistently sold to the customers, that sentence should say, and also paid to the technicians. And that's just because this this article that I'm reading, this article that I'm reading this summary from, is not written by a, uh, an automotive technician. It's being edited by an automotive technician right now for you verbally, but it is not written by a technician, okay? Because, and, and this is one of the problems of being a technician is that nobody knows what you go through. Nobody knows what your experience is like. Nobody knows, nobody knows anything about what you do. They just think that you're out there ripping them off, selling them stuff they don't need. That's what they think. Now, I came up with the idea of uh, hammering on service managers after watching a lot of, this is going to sound really silly, but I was watching a lot of programming on TV in February and they kept going on about how it was Black History Month and I'm all for uh, Black History Month. I'm all for Black Present Month and Black Future Month too, which is all the other months of the year. But I thought, you know, it'd be kind of funny to uh, make March the uh, the Make Your Service Manager History Month, okay? Because if you got a bad one and he's not fixing the problems that you have and he's not doing the things that you want him to do and he's not uh, fulfilling his uh, occupational objectives, then you need to talk to the person above him and say, listen, is it possible you could find a worse service manager? Um, I don't think so. Okay, so maybe what you need to do is examine what he does a little closer and uh, talk to the people that work with him and for him and see if possibly you need to make a move. We had a service manager where I work now for about a year, and uh, he thought that he was doing just fine. And uh, he was uh, he was very delusional, very delusional. And when the, the uh, general manager called him in and told him that his services were no longer needed, he was surprised. He, he was surprised. He thought he was doing a fine job. And uh, I can tell you, from my point of view, yeah, well, he wasn't doing that bad, you know. But he kind of took care of me. He, he knew he knew what I was about, and he helped me out a little bit. But everybody else in the building, uh, I found out later, everybody else in the building really hated him. They hated him. They disliked him a great deal. And I'm like, okay. So there's that. And I wanted to put that out there because sometimes your impression of somebody is different than somebody else's impression of somebody. And I've run into that in the past as well. I had the, the one the one particular service manager I had enormous problems with who retired and, and the place that he used to run got way better after he retired. Uh, I've heard people stick up for him. It's like, okay, you like the guy? Fine. It's fine. You can like him. With that said, I want to go on to the uh, the rest of this article that I, that I looked up. And, and I, you know, all of these points, there's a, there's a lot of them too. And I'm going to try to get through them as quickly as I can here. This is the essential duties of an automotive service manager. This is basically the job description, okay? And I talked about some of these things, so I'll gloss over them. Uh, fairly quickly forecast goals and objectives for the department and strives to meet them well okay uh like i said a lot of places they don't forecast goals and objectives and so they don't strive to meet them so basically probably 80 percent of the service managers i've worked for yeah they're not doing that okay number two hires trains motivates councils monitors the performance of all service department staff yeah no that's not happening either okay yeah they hire them do they train them fuck no they don't train them you know, the guy says, oh, I can rebuild transmissions. 
And then they put them in the shop and they give them a transmission rebuild. He says, oh, I can't rebuild that transmission. I go, well, you said you could rebuild the transmission. I said, I said, no, I know how to spell it. I don't know how to do it. You know, it's one of those things. Motivates, motivation. I, you know, that's, that goes along with goals and objectives. So, uh, you know, that's, that's not happening either. Councils and monitors. Okay. Councils. I, Never had that happen. Monitors, they don't give a fuck what we do as long as we just do it. Are they going to monitor it? No. Uh, it, and and that, it goes along. It says performance of all uh, service department staff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would be happy if they would just hire, train, motivate, counsel, and monitor the service advisors, okay? They could fucking leave us technicians alone if they just monitor the service advisors. because I, And I haven't gone off on them in a long time. And uh, because it's, it doesn't feel like it's, it just feels fruitless to complain about them. They just, they do what they want to do or they don't do what they don't want to do. And, 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 and there's, nobody's going to change that. You know, the service manager can, can have a profound effect on that, but profoundly he's having no effect on that because he doesn't seem to care or he's not monitoring the situation. He doesn't counsel them. He doesn't train them. He doesn't do anything to them. They're there doing a job that he's glad he doesn't have to do. He's not going to fuck with them. This is the other point. Prepares and administers an annual operating budget for the service department. I'm not even sure how you could do that because so many things pop up. I mean, you know, the, the building I'm in now, the, the business I'm working for is two and a half years old, closing in on three years old. And every fucking thing in our building is either broken or has broken several times or we just got rid of it or it doesn't work. I mean, we how do you How do you submit an annual operating budget for a shop where everything is just fucked up and has been really almost since day one it's ridiculous it's like they called up and said hey do you got some defective machines there send them to us we'll use them you know it's like it's what it seems like we have uh, tire machines and balancers that just break the fuck down all the fucking time we have a lot of other shit that's that's broken and doesn't work you know and it's easy for me to complain about that on this podcast but in reality, uh, some of the stuff works. Sure, some of the stuff works. I'm not, you know, I can't say everything's broken, although I did. What I mean is the important shit is broken. And does the service manager seem to care about it? Eh, not really. No, nobody seems to care about it, you know. I'll give you the example that I'd like to use. And I, you know, I mean, if somebody's listening to this and they give a fuck, they might do something about it. But I don't imagine that's happening. When I showed up, we didn't have any vacuum cleaners in the shop, which sounds ridiculous maybe to some of you. Uh, and I would agree. I would definitely agree. Okay, because I'm I'm an idiot. I, I say this all the time. I'm like a 12 year old autistic boy. Uh, I just I want things clean. I like to be clean and neat. So one of the things that I do is I vacuum the leaves out of people's cowls because there's a lot of leaves in people's cowls. And after a while, it'll just turn into compost. And guess what? Compost doesn't smell so fucking good. So you're doing the customer a favor. It's one of those little details. You don't get paid for it. It takes 10 seconds to do. That is unless you have to hunt down one of these wet dry vacs that are in the shop and i say one purposely because we have one for some 20 odd technicians so it's always somewhere else doing something for somebody else and i can't and i'm not going to sit here and complain oh everybody keeps taking it well it's not mine they can take it it's the shops but we had two which made the problem a lot easier but one of them broke one of them broke and nobody's getting us another one nobody's going to get us another one you know why because nobody gives a fuck and that's 
That, and that's part of the operating budget. So, you know, they might look at it and go, well, I'm not going to buy a vacuum cleaner. That's going to blow my budget all to hell. I go, yeah, you know, an $80 vacuum or a $100 vacuum cleaner. That is going to blow your budget all to hell, you know. So I'll just send the cars up to the up to the wash department so they can wash the leaves that are in the cow that are going to stay there because, the, you know, nobody's going to clean them there either. Nobody's going to take them out of there. They're not even going to open the hood. They don't open the hood. Why would they? I'm the guy who opens the hood and sees all the leaves jammed in there. I like to clean them out. I'm like the only guy in my whole shop who does that. Maybe some of the other guys do it on occasion, but they don't do it with with regularity. Okay, so I've gone on about the vacuum cleaner, but I can't get anybody to give a fuck about it, and it's be probably because of the budget. They say you you have to keep a you have to keep a tight fist on on, on expenditures. Okay, but you see where it's costing them. It's costing them in the knowledge that their customers think, wow, they didn't even bother to clean the leaves out of my car. They don't give a fuck. Why would I go here? You know. There's the other side of the coin, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, enough about the vacuum cleaners. I have I usually keep it by me, and it's usually pretty handy when I need it, so I'm complaining really about nothing almost. Maintains, here's the next point. Maintains reporting systems required by general management and the factory. Well, you know, I don't know if he's doing that. I don't know if he's in charge of doing that. If if I put the service manager in charge of something like that, I think I'd be stupid because he's got a lot of other shit that he should be doing that he's also not doing. Why would I give him something like that that, that might be important to me or it might be important to the factory? And I say, fuck the factory. You know, maybe they need to concentrate on building them right, you know? Because I see an awful lot of new stuff come in and it's got the same fucking problems. And they could probably go down to the assembly line and fix the fucking problem, but they're not doing that. Here's one. Here's one that they have no problem doing. This next point, attends manager's meetings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, you know. Uh, and then the killer part is where I'm at now is they like to take our, our uh, shop foreman and, and, and invite him into these meetings that they have, you know. And uh, it's fine, except for we need him in the shop. We don't need him up there talking to you about what we need in the shop. We need him down in the shop helping us with what we need. So quit wasting his time. The service manager, you can waste his time all you want. So attends manager's meetings, fine. There's probably bagels and donuts up there, so he's always going to want to go to those. So I would imagine that there's not a lot of managers who miss those. Okay. Monitors and controls the performance of the department using appropriate reports, tracking system, and surveys. Yeah. Well, okay. Surveys are one thing. If the customer's happy, yeah, you got to have happy customers, really. I mean, I don't want you to piss them all off. I mean, if you got one that's pissed off here or there, you know, send them on their way. You don't need them. There are more customers out there. You should try to keep the ones you have if they're good. If you got some bad ones, fucking send them on their fucking way. As far as surveys go, you should always strive to have good surveys. Uh, the problem that we have in the place I'm at now is that the surveys are fucked. They ask them two questions about the car. And uh, one of them is, is the car good? As, as in, oh, did we build a good car? And the other question is, how was the service? It's like, it's like where are you going with that? It was either good or bad. It's like, you know, there's no, there's no real details to it. So it's good or bad, whatever. Um, tracking systems and reports, monitoring the performance. I think you can see the performance really easy in uh, uh, how many cars you do. Really, I, I think that's it. I think that how many cars, I mean, if you have a guy who consistently works on one car all day, no matter what the fuck it is, his performance is pretty low. You need to kind of find a way to fucking get this guy out of your fucking shop. If he takes 10 hours to do a two-hour job consistently, you need to put him out on the road. You need to put him out the door. Okay, that's as simple as it gets. Okay, and and you could track that really easy. 
You know, you can go through and look at the hours that everybody turns. You know, you got one guy turns 50, another guy turns 48, another guy turns 47, another guy turns 61. Okay, so you got a top performer there, and then you got another guy who turns 20 hours. Okay, that guy's just taking up fucking space. You need to get another guy who can make in the making the 40s which is double what that fucking guy's doing and put him in that guy's spot and put that guy make his spot outside the building somewhere the problem is and and you know here it comes ladies and gentlemen there's a great big shortage of technicians out there so they have to put up with the guy who can't do shit because they haven't got anybody to do shit and and if they want somebody to do do a lot of shit they're gonna have to pay and they don't want to do that so they're not going to be able to do that so they got to keep the guy who's cheap and work slow they gotta they gotta keep them because they gotta have somebody they can't have nobody i mean if he turns 20 hours that's 20 hours more than nobody right monitors and controls the performance of the service department monitors yes easy controls eh. the controls that the service manager has over how much business the shop does is pretty nebulous seriously it's not something that you know there's no button you know there's they can tell whoever makes the appointments for your shop for us it's a it's a whole separate place but uh they can tell whoever makes the appointments for your shop to turn it up or down and uh, the thing that i am finding is that they can't seem to figure out what the proper number of appointments is per day i don't think that they've they, they haven't landed on a number that would be a good number for our shop for any given day I, I i would think that by now you know after all the time that we've been there that you should be able to say oh you know we will we like to have 50 appointments a day or 60 appointments a day or 100 appointments a day some places handle 150 appointments a day and they're smaller than us and have less technicians how do they fucking do it i don't know i don't know I'm not a service manager. I don't need to figure that shit out. It's not my fucking job. They need to figure that out. And they need to be able to fine-tune it better. It's not being fine-tuned very well. We were very, very slow here for the last couple of weeks. Uh, We had some severe weather, and it caused even more severe problems here. And I I still don't even want to talk about that yet because I can't subjectively talk about it without getting so fucking angry that I will smash my laptop. Okay, so I don't want to do that just yet. But you have to take into account a lot of different situations and you have to be proactive and then reactive and then proactive. You have to kind of juggle back and forth, you know, if you write too many cars, you know, if loaner cars is a fucking problem, which is a problem in some shops and some shops, they don't have them. So cars need to be done immediately because the customer doesn't have a car at all. You have a loaner car program, then you can hang on to the car a little bit longer because that guy's not all that anxious to get his pile of shit back when he's driving around in your new whip, okay? He's got your car. It's new. He likes driving it. He's like, fuck, they can keep my car forever if they want. So there's one of the advantages of that, and then that's another way that you can monitor and control the performance of the shop. Here's a point that just sounds funny just the way it's written. You ready for this one? Okay, boys and girls. I, I really I want you to sit down for this one. This is a, this is in essential duties for service managers, automotive service managers. <coughs> ready? Strives for harmony and teamwork within the department and with all other departments. Oh my God. Strives for harmony. Really? Uh, you know, I'm just going to leave that one alone. I'm not going to even mention anything about that one. Teamwork is not something that anybody can make you have. Harmony is not something that somebody can tell, can come down and say, I want you to have harmony. Dude, I can't sing a note. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm I'm serious. I'm not even going to respond to that one. Okay. No fucking service manager in the world can do that. No, not even the best ones. They can't, they can strive for it. I don't know what strive means. I strive. I strive to run a decent shop. (laughs) 
You strive to run a decent shop. Dude, you're in charge of who works there. You want teamwork and harmony? Be a little more selective in who you hire. Oh, I can't be selective because there's nobody out there. Oh, well, maybe you ought to pay more. Oh, I can't do that. Well, then it sounds like you're fucked. I'm going to move on. Develops and implements a marketing plan which promotes new and repeat business. Now, in my building, my service manager isn't in charge of that. Uh, I don't believe if he is. I don't know who is in charge of it, actually. Uh, we have a we have data available that says that there are over five thousand customers in our area who are in need of recalls on their vehicles, and some of these vehicles have three, four, and five separate recalls. And uh, I, we've, you know, at, when we get slow, we ask them, you know, can we contact some of these customers? And, and the answers come back anywhere from, oh, we already have, or we're trying, or we're working on a way to do it. And I go, basically, just go fuck yourself. We'll think about it. It's basically what they say. Five, over 5,000 customers are out there with cars that need recall. Some of them are those dangerous Takata airbags. And it appears to us, and I don't know if this is the truth or not, okay? I'm just going to be... I'm going to be truthful with you is I don't know if they're actually out there trying to contact these people. I don't think they are. They may be. Uh, we do get quite a few of these cars in. I'm not sure if it's the manufacturer who's contacting them. I don't believe it's us that's contacting them, uh, but I'm not hearing any feedback whatsoever one way or the other, but uh, we still have quite a few cars out there that need a lot of different, uh, and some of them, frankly, some of them are gone, okay? Some of them are gone. You, you know, you got a, a recall on an 87, on a car that was built in 1987. That car may not exist anymore. It's just it's just still in the system, that's all. Okay, but uh, still, when you have 5,000, how many of them could you have? Maybe 100? Maybe 100 cars don't exist anymore. Maybe they're scrapped. Maybe they got wrecked. Or maybe the guy just doesn't care about them or in their backyard up on blocks, or, you know, maybe they caught fire and they're in a junkyard and everything's burned out of them. I don't know. Okay, you could do that. You could develop a marketing plan to get those people in here. It's called the telephone or maybe an email. You know, just say, hey, you've got a car that's got some dangerous parts in it. We'd like to get them out of there before those parts get a chance to injure you. Stop in. And and you could offer them something. Hey, we got free coffee and, and, and eats in our lounge. Uh, we'll look your car over and tell you if you need any other services. Obviously, you don't have to do them. We're just going to look it over and tell you. Uh, maybe, you know, they could take a test drive in a car. Maybe they'll want to buy a new one. Maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe offer them a hand job. I don't know. Get, offer them something. Get them to come in the fucking door. It's work. Marketing plan. I don't think that anybody's doing that. Maybe they are. And if they are, then I owe them an apology. But for right now, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't think they are. Understands and keeps abreast of and complies with federal, state, and local regulations that affect service operations, such as hazardous waste, OSHA, and right-to-know stuff. That stuff is pretty much all taken care of. I, I can't really comment on that. It's a very corporate location, so there are people who are dedicated to making sure that all that stuff is taken care of. If you work in an independent or if you work at a, a shop where you have a lot of technicians and you have a service manager and you're not affiliated with a, a corporation or or even a manufacturer, you need to make sure that the, they're, they're following the rules, okay? Because those rules, and sometimes we chafe mightily against those rules. I will be the first to tell you that I've done that. But uh, some of those rules exist for a very important reason, okay? So... Don't let them skate by, okay? OSHA especially. I mean, if they want you to have locks on the lifts and you don't have locks on the lifts, don't work there. Seriously, don't work under that fucking lift. A lift will, if a lift fails and there's no locks on it, it will kill you instantly, okay? Just Google it. 
Go to YouTube and look at the videos of people getting their fucking melons crushed and their lives ended by lifts. Don't let them make you work on faulty equipment and don't let your service manager tell you that it's all right because he doesn't fucking know, okay? All right, account for all documents. Ensure that, uh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me back up because I skipped. I, I scrolled up and now, I am, now I'm lost here. Understands, keeps your breast. Okay, we did that one. Understands and ensures compliance with manufacturer warranty and policy procedures. Yeah. Service manager isn't doing that. He's not doing that. He might be familiar with some of the warranties and policies and procedures, but he doesn't know them all. That's why you have in a lot of dealerships with the with the with those types of warranties, you'll have a warranty clerk. Quite frankly, they're horrendous and they change. They change in a moment's notice, so it's kind of difficult to know them. Uh, some of the policies and procedures, some of the policies and procedures, are set in stone. Some are nebulous and change on a regular basis, and other ones are set by you as a service manager. So you need to know what they are. You need to know who gets paid for what, how much it pays, why it pays, why it doesn't pay. Okay, you need to know all that shit, right? Okay, accounts for all documents and ensures that none are missing and all are processed correctly. How many times, gentlemen and ladies, all eight of you, if you're listening, how many times have you worked on an RO where the customer signature was blank? How many times? Like all the fucking time, right? For some reason, they can't get the customers to sign them. And they're supposed to by law because it's not a legal, because the RO is a legal document, but it's not legal if it's not signed. You're not supposed to work on a vehicle actually, unless you have an RO, A, and B, it has to be signed by the customer. Okay. The RO says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to check this shit out, or we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to perform this service or that service. And the RO needs to be signed so that you can see, and a lawyer can see later on that the customer agreed to all of the stipulations on the RO. And you know what you should do? Do this, do this sometime. If you're, if you, if you get hard copies of ROs, because some people are working with paperless RO systems, but if you get a copy of an RO, I want you to read all of this disclaimers on it. You will shit your pants. You will, because there are things on there. It's like, they can take your car away from you at any time. They could take your soul. We could drive your car to the moon if we want. There's the shit that's on there. It's stunning. You should read it because it's different. It's different from state to state. It's different from country to country. There's stuff that they have to put on ROs to give the, to, to help alleviate some of the liability that goes on with working on cars. And it's on the RO. It's on it. It's either on the back or on the front and really fucking small letters. But it's on there and they need to sign them. And if you get ROs that are not signed, and I'm going to tell you, if you're listening to this podcast, pay attention to this for a week or so and see how many ROs you get that aren't signed. They aren't signed. And some people now, because we have we have an excuse now, oh, I'm not signing that RO because of the COVID-19. It's like, me a fucking break. You're not going to catch COVID-19 from a pen. Okay, if it's in the area, you're going to catch it. Doesn't matter where it is. Okay, and you probably already caught it and just thought it was a cold and got over it, and you're fine. But check and see how many ROs you get on a daily basis that are just not signed, and you're not supposed to work on them because any lawyer who's worth his salt will tell you that if you fuck that car up, you personally are responsible for it because the RO wasn't signed. <sighs> Accounts for all documents. Give me a fucking break. Holds weekly department meetings. Oh, that's a fun one, isn't it? We have shop meetings probably once every three months. And and it's it's typically a shit show where they just yell at us because of something we're not doing. Oh, you guys need to do this. And then when we bring up stuff that they're not doing, they rapidly end them and leave. And we got to get back to work. So email me, you know, 
it's what I love. You know, they have they hold a shop meeting. They talk about what they want to talk about. And then when then when the technicians start to talk about what they want to talk about, it's oh, we got to get back to work. Check it out. Next time you have a shop meeting, see how it works. You'll have a, a loudmouth asshole like me who starts to say, "Hey, why don't we do this? And why why is this like that? And you need to fix this. And you need to fix that." And see how fast they try to end that fucking shop meeting. See how fast they try to get the fuck out of there, man. I can. I. It's funny to watch my service manager squirm. Whenever I get in his grill about something that they're not doing, it just, oh, well, uh, 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 this is why that's like this, and this is why that's like that. And uh, that's just great. You got excuses. He calls them reasons, but that's because when he says them, they're in his voice. And when they're excuses, they're in other people's voices. Directs and schedules the activity of all department employees. Mm-hmm. Should he have to? Not really. Should he schedule the activities? I don't know. Um, you know when you got to be there. Everybody should know when they got to be there. Uh, does he need to schedule them? Yeah, he, he kind of needs to tell you when to be there and when you can leave. We got this ridiculous situation going on now where we're there at 7.30 and we get to leave at 5.30. And it's just another way of milking an extra hour out of us. It's like, look, don't give me this 30 shit, okay? We start at either 7 or 8 and we leave at either 5 or 6 or whatever, you know? Don't give me this 7.30, 8.30, 9.30 bullshit. Don't do that. Sometimes they come out at 10.30 and go, hey, is Bill here? No, Bill's off today. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you're only the service manager. The next one is facilitates and or conducts technical training and sends employees to appropriate training schools as needed. Well, there's definite opinions on this. Uh, Facilitates and or conducts technical training. Yeah. I want you to picture your very own service manager trying to tell you how to fix the cars. When his previous job was as a barista or his previous job was working for a lawn care company, a landscaping firm. I want you to, I want you, <laughs> you see what I mean here is the, the technical knowledge necessary, the college degree necessary, the skills and the techniques necessary to be a service manager are, they don't exist really. It's just a guy who comes in and he's a lightning rod for all the complaints. And then that's it. Does anybody care if he does anything else? I don't think the general manager does. You know, if the shop runs badly, just going to fire him. If it runs great, he's going to take the credit himself. He's not going to give it to the service manager. That's for fucking sure. What skills does a service manager really need to have? I'm going to tell you right now, he doesn't need to have any fucking skills whatsoever. I'm just going to say it out loud. He doesn't need to have any skills. So can he train you? Can he facilitate technical training to you? I would say in 98% of the cases, no. Maybe in about 2% of the cases, your service manager used to be a technician, which is very rare. Okay, If you have a service manager who used to be a technician, then he probably understands exactly what you're going through, and he is more sympathetic to you when you complain to him about something. He may or may not be able to do anything about it, but he is very sympathetic to your to your position, to your case, to what it is you're complaining about. He knows what the fuck you're talking about. But 98% of them, A, don't give a fuck, B, are never going to give a fuck, and C, don't know what the fuck you're talking about anyway. And D, all of the above. They don't know. So to have them train you, eh, wrong answer. It's not something that's going to happen. Maybe they can train you on how to use the bathroom because they spend a lot of time in there. Maybe they can train you on how to use a cell phone because they spend a lot of time on that. 
Maybe they can train you in how to use a chair because a, a lot of the service managers I've seen spend an awful lot of fucking time in the fucking chair. A lot of time in the chair. Like they vented it for fuck's sake, okay? But to have them train you technically, uh, it's not going to happen. Now, the other the other part of that particular point was that they send you to training. Okay, now that part, the service manager can actually do. But the last time, I, and this is, this, is no, this is no shit, no bullshit, right? I'm a pretty highly trained individual, but there's a class I don't have. And when I applied to go to this class, my service manager denied my access to this class. Do you know why? I think I do, although he's not with us anymore, which is fine. He denied me going to the class because he didn't want me to not be in the shop working on shit. And that's that's a company. That's a, a, a company thing. They, the company doesn't want to send you to training if you could make them money in the building. If, you know, if your absence costs them money, they don't like that. They don't like that at all. You can't make them money if you're not at the building, even if you're going to get training to make them more money. The thing is with, with training is that no matter what, if they have 10 technicians and two of them are trained to work on, let's just pick a subject, hybrids, okay? Because that's one, that's a hot one these days. They got 10 technicians, two of them are trained to work on hybrids. Two of them are up to their fucking elbows in hybrids. Or maybe they're both on vacation. Maybe one's at training and one's on vacation fishing somewhere. Okay, and a guy brings in a hybrid and they go, oh, you have hybrid trained technicians? Guess what they're going to say? Yeah, we got hybrid chain technicians. You can drop your car off. No fucking problem. And guess what? They come out and they find the next guy who's the next smartest and say, hey, you need to work on this hybrid. He goes, I'm not trained. Well, you need to work on it. Because that's how that works. That's how that works. They don't care if you don't have the training. They don't give a fuck. Figure it out. They don't care. And do they want to send that guy to training? No, they don't want to send that guy to training because he makes them money when he's in the building. When he's not in the building, he doesn't make them any fucking money. And this is a big, big you laugh. You might laugh at this. You might think that this is no big deal. It is a big, 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 biggity big deal. Uh, I used to go to training at a training center in the Northeast, and they used to just let us out whenever they were done, which could have been anywhere from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock. They would let us out. We could get started to uh, at going home sooner. Uh, some people flew in. Some people drove in. I was one of the ones that drove in. I could get on the road a little faster, home a little quicker. And then one day, a dealer sent a technician there who lived nearby, and their dealership was nearby to the training center. And uh, they let that particular individual out at about 3 o'clock, and he went back to work. He went to work at the dealership. And you would think the dealer, myself personally, I would think that the dealer would be happy to have him back at work doing what he does, earning the money. But no, the dealer was upset, very, very upset, because you got to remember, they're all about the money, okay? Don't ever forget that. They're all about the money. And he was already paying that employee to be at school that day. He was already paying for that. So for them to let him out early pissed him off. And he let it be known to the manufacturer that he was pissed off about that. So now, whenever you go to school, they make you stay right till 4.30, even if they're just going to sit around and shoot the shit with you for an hour. Because dealers are like that. That's the way dealers are, okay? I just want to throw that in there. That's something that has to go, that goes along with the whole training thing. Sends employees to appropriate training as needed. Yeah, well, the whole COVID-19 thing has shut down a lot of training centers so that's kind of a moot point you know they can't send you to training if there isn't any that's one of the problems that they're having next point is monitors technicians daily productive reports productivity excuse me let me try this again only in english monitors technicians daily productivity reports 
and corresponding payroll records. Well, I've already told you that they're not doing that. Not where I'm at. They don't, they don't go back through and audit them or check them or make sure they're right. They're not doing that. They're just straight up not doing that. And they're not going to do that. Do they care if you get paid? Eh, they don't care. If they miss, if they miss paying you something, fuck them. Fuck them. That's what they say. So as a service manager, I think a lot of them fail in that particular point. And that's, and, and you know what? I think honestly, as a technician, that's probably the most important thing that a service manager could could conceivably do for you. I mean, if a service manager came up to me and said, "Oh, you know, we forgot to pay you for you know five hours on the last pay period," and and you you didn't catch that, but we did, I you I'd pass right out. I I would be stunned by that because number one, that ain't never gonna fucking happen. They're gonna catch the Loch Ness monster before that fucking happens. Seriously. It's not going to happen. They're not going to come up to you and say, oh, we forgot to pay you. They're not going to do that. Okay, A good, a really good service manager might do that. He might have somebody look over your pay, pay plan, your, your, you know, all the money you got paid on, all the tickets that you worked on. And if they found a mistake, they would fix it and then tell you that they fixed it and you didn't have to complain about it. But most of them are reactive. They're not pro. They're, they're absolutely not going to be proactive on that particular point. Not at all. They're going to be reactive. And then if I go back, and this is what this is one of the things that irks the living fucking piss out of me about where I'm at now, is that when I go back and I check my pay sheets and I find that they fucked me out of you know, and it's never just an hour or two. It's always five, seven, uh, a couple times it's been ten, eleven, and twelve hours. They act like they don't owe me that money. They act like it's a pain in the ass and they don't want to do it. They're doing me a huge favor to pay me for the fucking time I've already fucking done. And that irks the fucking shit out of me. And if I put them in the rearview mirror, which I've actually been seriously considering, if I put them in the rearview mirror, that's going to be one of the main reasons. They're fucking very, 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 very good at collecting the money. They're very, 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 very bad at fucking paying it. I don't like having to do it, but when I do it, I have to, I'm not kidding you when I tell you this, I have to do it at the end of the day. If I was to do it in the morning, it ruined my attitude for the whole day. So I do it at night before I go home. Because if if it ruins my day at the end of the day, then it hasn't ruined my opportunity to, to make money that day. But if I do it in the morning, I, which I can't, I just can't do it. I can't do it. it. I did it one time and I was so pissed off the whole fucking day because they fucking shorted me like 10 hours. And then when I asked them to fix it, they were like, oh, 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 I'll see if I can get it fixed. No, you won't see if you can get it fixed because if I have to call the state labor board and have them come in and ask you to fix it, it's not going to be good because they're going to fucking fine you. Okay, so let's not let that happen. If you have a service manager who looks after your pay on a personal level and makes sure that you get paid, you, ladies and gentlemen, have a good one. You have a good one. He understands what makes a service department run, which, oh, by the way, is you, in case you fucking forgot. It's you. It's not the service manager. He's in charge of steering it through the fucking rocky roads of customer relations and service advisors and parts people and, and technicians. You're the guy who creates the labor. Without you creating the labor, there's no reason to have a service department whatsoever, okay? So don't forget that. And if you've got a service manager who recognizes the fact that you're the, probably the most important cog in the whole fucking machine, and he makes sure that you get paid. You have a good one. And I'm telling you right now, not very many of you have a good one. Okay. Maintains high quality service repairs and minimizes comebacks. Here again, this is all based. I, I think that that particular statement there, it says conducts periodic spot checks of completed jobs for thoroughness and quality. Well, frankly, the, the service manager I have now does that because we make him drive cars home for us. I'm not sure how much he enjoys it. He does it. 
some of the cars are at absolute toilet. So I got to give him kudos for that. Um, if he does drive them to make sure that they're okay. Maintains high quality service repairs and minimizes comebacks. Uh, I think that that maintaining high quality service repairs starts right with hiring high quality technicians, which has been really, 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 one more time, really difficult to do lately, really. And it's a problem that's been created by the industry and there's not a service manager out there in the world anywhere that can fix that problem. The industry has helped to create the shortage of technicians by treating us like shit, paying us like shit, disrespecting us, and uh, minimizing our effectiveness and minimizing our uh, our the need they have for us. So there's not a service manager out there in the world who can fix that. Okay, if they hire somebody, it's probably a compromise. You know, it's probably a guy who's never worked on your brand or he's never worked on this kind of car. He's never done that. He doesn't know anything about AC. He can't do alignments. You know, uh, ask him about transmissions. I'm telling you, and, and this is the departure from the days of old. Uh, ask. Uh, all the technicians in your shop, if they can rebuild a transmission, you're going to find a lot of fucking no's. Nobody knows how a transmission works. An automatic that I'm talking about. The manual has gone the way of the dodo bird, ladies and gentlemen. If you see a new car with a manual in it, it's special ordered. And next year, they're probably not going to be able to special order a manual transmission in it, okay? I'm talking about automatics here. If you ask 10 technicians in a shop how an automatic transmission works, nine of them will not know. It's not something they need to know. Quite frankly, it just slows them down. If they have to fucking try to find out, they're not going to find out. You know, uh, faults come up for a transmission problem that say that, that this clutch assembly slips and that clutch assembly slips and they turn around and they go, needs a training. Boom. And then you get one and you put it in and you fill it up with fluid and it works and they're gone. That's it. They've, they have simplified and streamlined the whole entire process. Do we take transmissions apart and rebuild them anymore? No, we don't do that. We're not going to do that. Why would we do that? We're not going to. Okay, so... Uh, that goes along with high quality service repairs, minimizing comebacks, because if you don't hire quality help, if you don't have quality help, how can you have quality service repairs? Okay. End of sentence. And you're not going to have quality help because you're not paying a quality wage. There's where the whole fucking thing is falling apart. The roof over that particular house leaks. It's got holes in it. Okay. You're not paying a quality fucking wage. You're not going to get quality help. You're not going to get quality repairs. And no service manager in the world can fix it until we all go out, hunt down all the accountants and murder them and say, listen, you need to pay a little bit more for quality, quality technicians. Then you'll start to get quality repairs and you'll start to minimize comebacks. But until then, don't ask the service manager to fix that. Uh, here's something else the service manager is not going to do. Keeps abreast of new equipment and tools available and recommends purchases. Uh, I don't know of any service manager who is in touch with that particular part of the business. Uh, it's always either a shop foreman or somebody in the shop who's mouthy and loud like me. Uh, keeps abreast of new equipment. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Ensures that the work areas and customer waiting areas are kept clean. Yeah. Yeah. Service, service manager's right on top of that. <laughs> You know, where I'm at now, we actually have a maid, uh, a janitor, a full-time janitor that's in the, in the house all day long. And uh, she's okay, and she does a pretty good job. It's the people who work at night who are phoning it in. They're not doing a very good job at all. And uh, our service manager, I'm pretty sure, has no clue as to how good or bad they are. Um, and I could tell him, and guess what? He's not going to give a fuck. Establishes and maintains good working relationships with vocational and technical schools to enhance personal recruitment activities. Mm, again, here, nah, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. On on one hand, 
tech schools and vocational schools. I'm not sure what kind of what, what the quality is of the people they're putting out. Okay, so if you establish a relationship with them, um, it may may backfire on you. They may say, "Hey, I got five guys that I could send you to work in your shop," and be like, "Great, I'll hire three of them." And you find out that the three of them are terrible. What does that say about that vocational school? It says that they're terrible. We have we have technicians in our shop that have had uh, specific amounts of training, and they're all different. Every one of them, all different. And I'll tell you, one of the best ones is one who was trained by a local high school. We got some other guys in our shop who were trained at factory training programs who, quite frankly, don't seem to be up to the task. I don't want to run them down. They may listen, but, and then I don't want it to sound like I don't like them. It has nothing to do with that at all. But it may have left them uh, a little bit on the uh, short end of the stick as far as the, the information and the skills and maybe the techniques that they need. That's just my opinion, okay? But if you establish a good working relationship with a vocational or a technical school, what 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 is that going to do for you? Is that going to ensure a pipeline of good technicians? I don't think so. I think a lot of a lot of service managers would prefer to hire somebody who has a skill and experience. Where are these guys getting their skill and experience from? Nowhere. They don't have any. As far as having a, a working relationship with vocational technical schools, I think it would be a great thing. It could be a great thing, but lately, at least, the quality of the uh, people they put out of vac- vocational schools and technical schools has fallen right off a cliff. Are we getting good? Are we getting good people from these schools? Well, you'll have to answer that question yourself. For me, I would say, yeah, the quality's okay. Could be better. Could be worse. Well, let me move on from there because uh, that's something that you could easily do yourself as a technician or a foreman in your shop could do. I just don't believe that the service manager. I don't. I don't really believe that that's that's something that the service manager should should cultivate, because in a lot of cases, like I said before, they're almost never service technicians, so they wouldn't have any idea what to look for. They wouldn't have any idea what questions to ask. They wouldn't have any idea really. I mean, they can say, "Oh, I need guys who can do this," you know. Okay, great, you know. But then you get a guy who can do that, and maybe he can't do it right, or maybe he can do it right, but he could do nothing else. Then what? So we have to count on your skills to hire people to bring us technicians who have possibly dubious skills. Why? Because your skills in hiring people or bringing in people from technical schools is also dubious. Moving on. Serves as liaison with factory representatives. Yeah, okay. That's a good one. Sure. If the guy comes in from, you know, and this is for dealerships that sell a a specific manufacturer's brand. Uh, If a guy comes in from, from the manufacturer, what do they typically do? They sit around and they shoot the shit and then they go to lunch. And then they come back two hours later, half in the bag. And then if you need them to help you with something, it's like, oh, yeah, I suppose I could take the time to help you. It's like, well, you know, is that why you're here? Sometimes the factory representative is a technical expert, technically, and he's supposed to help you with a car that maybe you're having trouble with. But I found in my experience that this it's real hit or miss and mostly miss. You know, a lot of times you contact the, the factory technical representative and he doesn't have any more of a clue than you do. Sometimes sometimes they have uh, information available to them that you are not going to be able to get, that you are not going to be able to solicit from anybody else, maybe from a forum or maybe even from a Facebook page dedicated to that brand, maybe dedicated to technicians of that brand, uh, which which there's one that I'm a part of. But uh, for the most part, he's going to have access to information that, that most of the time you're not going to because it would involve you making a repair that, oh, by the way, might work. 
but also might be expensive. It might also lead you astray too. That's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, suppose they say, well, you know, we've had 90 cases and, and 80 of them have been this and then 10 of them have been this. So you change the part that was the cause 80 in 80 of those cars and it doesn't fix it. So you have to go back and try that, that the, 10, the other repair that the, uh, that the other 10 people tried that fixed their car. And so now you've wasted their money. And their time, and they don't want you to do that. Nobody wants you to do that. Nobody wants you to shotgun a part into a car because somebody else said that that was what was wrong with the car that they worked on, which was eh, maybe the same or maybe even not the same as what you're working on. And maybe the problem that they had was eh, sort of similar, but not the same. You know, you understand there's a lot of gray area there. So, you know, having a good, serving as a liaison with a factory representative isn't even good for you as a technician sometimes. I certainly don't see it as very important for a service manager, especially if he's not a technical guy. If he's a guy who came straight off, you know, maybe he three weeks ago he was standing out in front of the building on a corner with a sign saying, we'll work for food, and suddenly he's your service manager, and then you laugh, but I, it may, may something like that may have happened before, who knows. But either way, he's just not... He's just not a service guy. He's not somebody who's ever worked in the service department. He's not somebody who's ever worked on a fucking car, for fuck's sake. Doesn't know how they work. Why would he be the liaison with the technical service people or the factory rep? He doesn't know his fucking asshole from a hole in the ground. <laughs> and sometimes neither does a factory service rep. Moving on, I don't want to run down people who probably are smarter than me. <laughs> Oh, you do it all the time, Uncle Jimmy. Yes, I know. That's true. That is very true. Okay. Ensures the proper care, storage, and inventory of special tools. <laughs> Did I just read that out loud? Holy fuck. Oh, special tools. He's not gonna he's not gonna have even one fucking thing to do with special tools. Forget about it. I'm I'm even sorry I read that because that's just whoever wrote that needs to be beaten up. <laughs> give a fuck about special tools the only time they care about special tools is when the customer complains to him that it's taken too long to fix his car and the technician's response is well we don't have the tools then he cares about the tools but only until we figure out some other way to fix the guy's car with a tool that we made out of baling twine and fucking scrap metal and maybe gum and safety wire <laughs> And then after that, guess what? He stops caring about special tools. That's right. Okay. So that's a ridiculous point too. Sorry. They wrote it. I didn't write it. These I'm actually reading these right off a website, boys and girls. Here's the next point. Ensures that customers' service files are up to date and readily available for reference. That ain't part of his job. Even if you said to him specifically that was part of his job, that ain't part of his job. That's part of somebody else's job. He's going to slough that one off on a service advisor. You know, yeah, I need to update these files. He's going to delegate that shit. He ain't doing that. Fuck that. Oh, maybe that's part of insures. He ensures that the customer service files are up to date by having somebody else fucking do them. Oh, okay. But that person's probably fucking horribly unqualified to do the job right. But he ensures that he told him to do it. Ensures that all customers are greeted promptly and give them fair estimates on cost and time required for repairs and maintenance. I got to tell you, I don't think that the service manager is ever going to talk to a customer unless they absolutely have to. Some of them will. I know some of them will. Some of them have. I've seen some of them. Okay. They can. Do they want to? No. Typically, they don't want to. Okay. And here's the thing, and this is in my strict, my, my opinion. If you have someone who is a manager, he should be able to handle doing the task that you do. 
Okay, now I don't expect a service manager to be able to fix a car, or really, because it just hasn't happened in the past. Yes, there are some out there that are technicians. We talked about it several times already. But for the most part, most service managers don't know how the business end of a hammer works. They don't. So you can't expect them to do your job. However, I do expect them to, if necessary, be able to wash a car, which requires, um, let me see, on a scale of one to zero, how many skills do you need to wash a car? Pretty close to zero. Okay, anybody can wash a car. I know how to wash cars. And and you could ask anybody who knows me, I have. I have driven my own cars, the cars I've worked on and repaired through the car wash to make sure that they've gotten washed because the wash guy either was not there or he was busy doing something else or he was in the car ahead of me or behind me at the in the line to get through the car wash, okay? These guys get busy as shit and they're supposed to wash every car. And if I can help them, it takes it takes 2.5 minutes to drive through our car wash. Do I have two and a half minutes? I certainly do. I can do it. And then I know the car's clean. I know it doesn't have my greasy fingerprints all over it anywhere on the outside anyway. And then I bring it over to the guys who vacuum them. And those guys are busy too, but I'm not vacuuming a car, so forget it. <laughs> I'll vacuum the leaves out of the fucking cow, but I'm not going to vacuum a car. Those guys got that shit down anyway. They fucking go in, bang, 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 and they're done. See, me, I'd be trying to get that goddamn dime out from underneath the seat for an hour. And that's just a 12-year-old autistic boy that lives inside of me. <laughs> those guys don't care. They see a dime under the seat. Nobody else is ever going to see it except them. Fuck it. It's going to stay there. So a service manager should be somebody who can fill in for almost all of the jobs in the building. That's that's my, that's the point I'm trying to make. A service manager in your shop should be able to write a repair order. If he can't, he, he can't. I don't believe he can be effective. I really don't. You have to be able to write an RO. You have to be able to properly write, document, and get signed a repair order for a customer's vehicle in case a a service advisor dies, passes out, gives birth, disappears, becomes DB Cooper, or the, or you figure out that he's a Yeti, or that he has to go away for some reason or another, and you need help up there, you need to be able to fill in. That's that's it. End of sentence. You need to be able to fill in. Okay? And if you can't write an RO, you're fucking worthless as a service manager. Worthless. Worthless. Now, does that mean that service advisors make good service managers? Fuck no! <laughs> Here's people who fucking thrive on the ability to get out of doing things and that's really what it comes down to when we're talking about service managers is how hard do they work trying to get out of doing things they should work hard at trying to get things done instead of the other way around okay and you know people like that they will go miles out of their way to avoid doing some task some job and, and even I do that. I catch myself doing that. Sometimes they'll bring me a car and I'm like, I don't want to work on that. And I'll try to figure out how not to work on it. And then eventually my brain just says, wake the fuck up, asshole. They're going to pay you for working on it. Just get to it. And so I just jump in and both feet and my hands and we get the fucking thing fixed and we get it the fuck out of there. Because complaining about it is just a waste of energy. You're there to fix them. You're there to fix them. Get them fixed. Okay, the service manager is there to fix the problems and listen to the complaints. And if he's not going to be able to do half the fucking chores in that building, I don't want to expect him to do your half of the chores. But if he can't do at least half the chores in that building effectively and properly, then he's not a, he's not a fucking service manager. He's just a fucking bitching post is what he is. He's like, oh, they fucked up my car. Oh, well, do you want me to give you a free car wash? I'm not going to do it, but somebody will, you know, one of those deals. Uh, let's continue on here. Customers are greeted promptly and give them fair estimates. 
Well, if you're working in a car dealer, there's no such thing as fair estimates. I'm sorry. Uh, labor rates, as far as I'm concerned, are out of control. They are. I, I mean, if they're not going to give me a larger slice of them, fuck them. They're out of control. If you're going to pay me $25 an hour and charge $150 an hour for the labor that I create, then either the labor has to come down or my wage has to go up, one or the other. Or, in the best case scenario, boys and girls, should be both. Who needs to make, what is that in a percentage? I don't even know. It's like 500% markup over what you pay for something? Is that Does that sound right? Does that sound realistic? I don't want to go off on that tangent. Not Not right now. We'll talk about that a little later, if you don't mind. We've already talked about it, but I think it bears being spoken about again and again and again and again until somebody gets it through their fucking thick schedule. Prepares pricing guides and maintenance menus for frequent labor operations. Hey, I'm all for that. If they want to do that, I'm all for that. Prepare prepare a pricing guide. So when a guy comes in and goes, how much is an oil change? They don't all look at each other and go, ah, it's about 80 bucks. No, they've got it right there on a menu. You could prepare that. That would be fucking really nice. As a matter of fact, that would be something that you could do. And guess what? You could stay seated in your chair and maybe even talk on the phone while you're doing it. And maybe you could be fucking talking to somebody on the internet too. You could be Skyping somebody all while you're doing this. This is not that hard to do. You could do that. That would be easy to do. Here's the big thing that, that really all service managers have to do. I don't know why it's at the bottom of the list. This is the, this is the a, I would say as a general manager and you're hiring a service manager, this is the A number one task you want him to take care of. A number one, it's at the tippy top of the general manager's list or the owner's list. Handles customer complaints immediately and according to dealership's guidelines, okay? Now, taking a customer who's got a complaint out back and taking a Glock out and shooting them through the head, it's effective. You're not going to have problems with that customer anymore, right? But it's definitely not <laughs> dealership guidelines, okay? Uh, yeah, and then this is the thing. This is what makes a service manager's job suck. And, and I've said it, I said it before on the podcast last week, their job does suck. And this is the reason why, because not only are they getting complaints from the customers, they're getting complaints from you. They're getting complaints from up top. They're getting complaints from their general manager or the owner. They're getting complaints from the sales department. They're probably getting tons of complaints from the used car department because that's all those fucking whiny cocksucking pirates ever do. Yeah, I'm not making as much money on each car as I should because you're charging me too much in the service department. And really what he needs to do as a service manager is he needs to fucking stand up with his spine intact and say, get the fuck out of my office, you cocksucking pirate. <laughs> but that's probably... That's probably not going to happen because we're all team players, right? Even though some of the team members are ex-cons. <laughs> uh, you're not being fair to the used car department, Uncle Jimmy. That's right. God damn it. And I'm going to turn it up a notch. Fucking pirates. Fucking pirates. That's all they are. They just want to make money and they don't care who else has to sacrifice for it. They don't give a fuck. Walk the fucking plank. Do my tires for free. Fix my car for free. I'm not making enough money. <laughs> Bullshit fucking used car pirates anyway handles <laughs> handles customers complaints immediately and according to dealership guidelines i would hope that your dealership has some guidelines for dealing with customer complaints because that's all customers seem to do sometimes is complain you could do everything perfectly and i mean this literally you could do everything perfectly you could bring the car in they could be a waiter the waiter the waiting area is clean and and in our case, dry, and the TVs are on to a channel that they like, and there's there's food and water and drink and other drinks there, and everybody comes by and asks them if they need anything, and, and you work on their car, and you get it done quickly and efficiently. You clean the leaves out of the fucking cowl, and you change the oil, and you set the tire pressures, and you even make a little video of what the fuck you did and what the fuck you want to do, and you get the car up to the wash department, and they... 
They vacuum out all the fucking shit that's in the car and they make it look really, really nice and so and reset all the fucking monitors and everything's good. All the warning lights are now off. The car runs perfect and it took them only like 25 minutes and they got you in and out. They got you in and out. They got you in and out. Everything's going good. Everything's great. They did a perfect job servicing your car and you find something to fucking complain about. Uh, your bagels suck. That was a favorite one of, of uh, my friend and I. The, the bagels are shitty. Eh, I don't like the bagels. Are you fucking kidding me? You don't like the bagels and don't fucking eat them. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, my favorite is when customers take a, a loaner car and they fucking destroy it. That's not their car. That's our car. We lent you our car so you could drive around and do what you do. Who knows what the fuck that even is. Well, we lent you our car so that you could do whatever the fuck it is you do while we work on your car as a convenience for you. And what did you do in return? You drove it into a fucking tree. You drove it over a curb and bent the rims. You fucking smashed into other people. You fucking, somebody ran a fucking shopping cart all up and down the fucking side of it. Establishes and maintains 24-hour follow-up with all customers to confirm satisfaction with the service experience. 24-hour follow-up establishes and maintains 24-hour follow-up with all customers. I, I would like, I would like, I'm going to take a small poll now. Is there anybody out there who has a service manager who calls their customers within 24 hours and says, hey, how was everything? Customers that aren't related to them, customers that aren't, you know, family, or maybe customers that aren't cute, customers who are just regular normal people who don't know, who we don't know from Adam, but we worked on their car. Are they calling them? Are they having somebody call them? In some cases, yes, actually. They're ensuring that somebody else does it, but they're not doing it themselves. So really, as far as putting that on a list of things that you want a service manager to do, it doesn't belong there. They're not going to do that. And even if you say you have to do that, they're still not going to do that. They're just going to say, oh, yeah, I tried calling these people. They weren't home. They were at work, which is, oh, by the way, where I am at, even though I'm not doing any work. Maintain safe work environment. Uh, How much control over that does your service manager have? Eh. I don't know. Maintains a professional appearance? Sure, sure. He appears to be professional, just like a clown appears to be professional at the circus. Uh, other tasks as assigned. And that's, you know what? I love that part. That that sentence, I, I that sentence really needs to be stricken. I, I don't like that sentence at all. Uh, and a lot of people in a dealership have that sentence at the very bottom of their uh, job description. And I think that it's bullshit. Fucking very, I think it's a very, very humongous large amount of bullshit other tasks as assigned which means whatever job we have that nobody has as their job now will become your job or you will need to delegate somebody else who has that at the end of their job description to do that job and basically what happens is you find one guy says oh i need somebody to do this job can you get this job done and then that guy tries to find somebody to delegate it to and then it ends up coming down to the lowest paid and the newest technician in the shop who gets to do it that's usually what happens so what it should say is instead of other tasks as a sign it says able to delegate other tasks as necessary that would be more accurate okay because technically that's what a service manager is supposed to do he's supposed to manage a service department by delegating tasks to people and in my opinion like i said before they should be in a position to do a good chunk of those tasks if not all of them now if you have a tech if you have a service manager who used to be a technician and who used to be a service advisor i would think that you have the best of both worlds there he understands what it's like to deal with the customers he also understands what it's like to deal with the customers cars and he understands what it's like to deal with the service advisors 
and the technicians because he used to be one of all four of those. He has a car. He's been a customer. He's been a service advisor. He's been a technician. He has a unique insight into what the fuck is going on. And he probably has the intelligence to be able to figure out what needs to be done next correctly. He probably deals effectively with the technicians because he is one. He can talk to them. He can get into their face and say, listen, you need to stop fucking up or I'm going to have to fire you. Or he can get into the face of a service advisor and say, listen, you need to stop fucking up or I'm going to fire you. And he could probably have a conversation with a customer who's having a problem. He said, listen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find out who fucked up and I'm going to go fix it. And then I'm going to take them out and I'm going to beat the fuck out of them. And so that it never happens again. And I apologize that it happened this time, but I'm going to fix it. So bear with me while I do that. Have a seat. Or if you want to come back, I will have straightened this out by the time you get back. Thank you very much for coming in. Does that sound so hard? Why is it that I make it sound so simple on this podcast all the time? Now, here's... Here's another here's another thing. I want to gloss over this real fucking quick, okay? Because it says service manager qualifications. And I'm just going to read this and let you deal with it here. To perform this job successfully <clears throat> would be nice, by the way. An individual must be able to perform each essential duty satisfactorily. The requirements listed below are representative of the knowledge, skill, and or ability required. Reasonable accommodations may be made to enable individuals with disabilities to perform the essential functions. You know what? Actually, from what I've seen with service managers, disabled individuals could probably do it, and I would think in some cases better than a fully physically able service manager. Because here's one of the things I found about people, um, and and I found it out about a lot of people, is that for some reason or another, whether it's uh, age, sex, race, or disability, a lot of times people try harder because they feel like they need to. And when they try harder, a lot of times they succeed more often. How about that for a fucking, how about that, huh? So a, an individual with disability could easily perform the tasks of a service manager in every single situation I have ever seen. Every single situation. There is no reason why you need an able-bodied, human. I'm not fucking making this up either. There is no reason why you need a fully functional, able-bodied human being to be a service manager when they're not going to use any of their able body. They're going to sit in a fucking chair all day and fucking tell other people how to do everything, which is basically basically what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to delegate most of the tasks. But when somebody's not doing their task, they need to fucking roll their wheelchair over there or get on their crutches or get their cane out and go over and smack the fucking shit out of somebody who's not doing the fucking job right. And if somebody's disabled, they're not going to worry about hurting somebody else. It's like, fuck you. I'm in a fucking wheelchair. What do you do? Fight me? Come on, bring it on. I'll fucking roll over you. I'll put tire tracks across your back, asshole. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. That's really not funny, but it, seriously... For a service manager, for the for the service managers I've worked with, for the ones that I've seen, the ones who do a terrible job, a disabled person could have done the same job probably better, easily. Okay, education and or experience for a service manager. This is great. Okay, they believe that they should have a bachelor's degree from a four year college, or university, or one to two years related experience and or training. Okay, so you could spend four years in college and it would equal one to two years of a related experience. Sounds wrong to me. Anyone who's gone to college for four years and has a degree in something, they're not going to want to be a service manager. They're not going to want to listen to people complaining all day long about this, that, and the other thing. And that's all the service managers have to do, really, is listen to complaints and delegate tasks. Fuck. A fucking senior in high school could do that. Two to four years related experience and or training or equivalent combination of education and experience. Well... Here again, you know, you got some guy who's just earned an MBA at a, at a fine institution somewhere in the United States or maybe even abroad, and he's a service manager. 
He's wasting his fucking time. And it won't take him too long to figure that out. Four to 10 years related experience and or training or equivalent combination of education experience. It's like, well, make up your fucking mind. What kind of experience or training do you want? What, what are you looking for here? How, how much training does a service manager need? In my experience, in my thinking, not much. Maybe a little customer service. Maybe some time as a service advisor. Maybe some time as a technician. Maybe some time as both. Maybe some time in the car wash. Maybe you need to know what goes on back there in order to be able to effectively manage the individuals who work back there. Because one of the best things you can say as a service manager to somebody is, look, I know this job sucks and I'm working on getting you some more pay, but I need you to do it a little bit better than you're doing it. And here I go again, making it sound easy. I don't know why. I, does it sound easy? When you say the right thing and you have interpersonal skills, you, could, you can convince anybody to do anything you want them to by just appealing to their, to their nature that you care about them. That you that you would do, and this is this was always my uh, my mantra as a manager. I would willingly do whatever task it is I'm asking you to do, but I need you to do it because I have several other tasks I need to do which you can't do for me. So I need you to do this for me so I can do those tasks. Here again, making this sound simple, but you know I'm not going to ask my service manager to fix a car. I'm not going to ask him to write him up. I would like it if he could fix a car, but I don't think he can. Would I like it if he could write a car up? I think that that would be important. You know, because that staff upstairs, up front, uh, these service advisors, it always seems to be in flux. There's always one guy who's off. There's always somebody who's out, sick or hurt or whatever. Who knows? We're always short-staffed up there. They're always off somewhere else doing something that they're not supposed to be doing, and there's customers standing there, and nobody can help them. You know, and, and personally, I, this, is no, this is no bullshit, boys and girls. I will walk up front, and I will see somebody standing there, and I recognize it. I, I've been in customer service before in the past, and I can recognize when somebody has not been helped at all. They're standing there waiting for somebody to talk to them, waiting for somebody to help them. And everybody else is, is just acting like they're busy, or maybe they really are busy, but they're not paying any attention to this guy. And so I'll come across, and I obviously am dressed like a technician. I'll say to somebody, hey, somebody helping you out? No. And I'll be like, okay, what do you got going on? And they'll show me a car, and I'll say, oh, you got one of those? And I'll engage them. And when I engage a customer, suddenly the service advisors go, oh, fuck, I can't have him talking to that guy. <laughs> and, then, and then they'll help out and then they'll get the message. They'll be like, look, you can't ignore this guy because I'm not going to. It's a thing called the five foot rule or the 30 foot rule. I don't even know what the fuck it's called. But it says that if you come within five feet or 10 feet or whatever it's called of a customer, you should acknowledge him. You walk by a customer, you can say, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, what's up? Or are you taking care of? Or, hey, is everything okay? Is somebody helping you out? I mean, there's a million things you can say. But when you come up front and everybody acts like they're busy and somebody's standing there needs help, go up to them and say something to them. Just say, hey. And I've, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I'll, I'll see people, hey, somebody helping you out? No? Okay, let me go Shanghai one of these guys into helping you out. You know, because I have a sense of humor. I think, well, I'd like to think I have a sense of humor. What the fuck? Maybe you think I don't. You know, this article really goes on quite a ways. And uh, there's a lot <laughs> physical demands. Holy fucking god! I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm scrolling down, and there's other there's other things here that they want to say about automotive service. The, let me read this to you. And I'm reading it for the first time. Okay, the physical demands described here are representative of those that must be met by an employee to successfully perform the essential functions of this job as an automotive service manager. Reasonable accommodations may be made to enable individuals with disabilities to perform the essential functions. Like I said before earlier, really, what physical demands does a service manager have? You know, he has to be able to lift a cup of coffee. He has, 
He has, to, he has to be able to close his door. He has to be able to lean back in his fucking chair. <laughs> oh, he has to walk through the shop once, maybe twice a month. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm, now I'm just being mean. You're just being mean, Uncle Jimmy. Not all service managers are lazy fucking assholes. No, but a large portion of them are. All right, so I've done two episodes where I take service managers to task and inform them that we don't think that much of them. And, uh, and if you've got one you think a lot of, just make sure you let them know in some way, shape, or form that, you know what, you appreciate what he does. And, and if, he's, if he's not that good at something else, you just say, well, you know, I could, you know, I got to say, you do a really good job. I mean, you could be better at this, but you know what, you do a pretty good job. So, and then if they're any good at all, they'll make an effort to be better at what you said they're not so good at. But most of the time, they're just going to be like, ah, fuck that guy. <laughs> All right. Listen, you know what? That's enough. I have beaten the fucking crap out of service advisors. Uh, I think what I'm going to work on next year, and I want to put this out there so you guys can get ready to take this. I'm going to put a test out there. And I put a test out there before for uh, technicians, which was a rate yourself kind of a thing. And then I put one out there for shops, which was a rate your shop kind of a thing. Well, here it comes, boys and girls. It's going to be a test to rate your service managers. And it's going to allow you to earn points or possibly take points away. And then at the end, we're going to draw conclusions as to what kind of service manager you have from the answers. So look forward to that. I'd like to work on that right after I get done making this particular podcast. And then uh, we'll put that out so you can answer it. And and you know what? Uh, Another thing, too, you know, I I get uh, some feedback every once in a while. And I, I love it. I just love hearing what's going on out there. I love hearing the stories. I love hearing what you got going on that's right. I love hearing what you got going on that's wrong. Uh, I talked to you folks earlier about, you know, recording stuff on the, on the speak pipe that we have on the Facebook app. Uh, virtually nobody has taken advantage of that. So I'm going to chalk that up as a failure. But if you've got something you want to tell me about a service manager, maybe you got a good one. Maybe you have a shit one. Maybe you had a shit one. I hope that it's that way, that you had a shit one and you don't anymore, then let me know. Let me let me hear about it. I, I definitely love to hear from you guys. If you've got anything you want to say, you want to get it off your chest, or maybe you want me to talk about it even, you could just say, listen, Uncle Jimmy, bring up the fact that service managers are all fucking assholes. Oh, okay, you know, I, I'll bring that up. I, I don't have any trouble believing that. You know, uh, I find that most of the time they're not assholes. They're just mostly lazy. They're mostly lazy, and they pick and choose what they want to do, and sometimes they just the job just sucks because of all the fucking terrible things that go on in a, in a shop sometimes. You know, you got technicians who can't fix anything. You got a sales department who breaks everything and it's just terrible. It's just, it can just really be the most God awful job in the world. I really honestly believe that. And, And I didn't even want to talk about pay, you know, what your service manager gets paid. I didn't want to talk about that because, uh, some of them get paid very well and some of them don't. And it doesn't seem to matter what they get paid. It doesn't seem to be commensurate with what they do. Uh, at least that's in the experience that I have. Okay, so uh, hit me up with any of your input. I'd really like to hear it, whether or not you want it on the podcast. That's okay. You can tell me. Say, oh, you know, I'm going to record something on the speak pipe, but don't say anything about where I'm from and who I am on the podcast. And I'll be like, okay. So technician X in shop ABC, he said his service manager is a fucking jerk. Okay, cool. You can do that if you want. Been an hour, so here's what uh, here's what happens when I go on for too long. I usually just lean over the microphone. I get as close as I can to it so that it sounds like this. And then I go, hey, everybody out there in Greasy Wheels Nation, see ya.